on GT Channel with Sam Itani, James McKeon, and Taro Koki. Hello, car fans. Welcome back to Pod Speed, uh, episode number 41 now. So we are steadily, steadily getting close to 50. Um, as always, I'm joined by my two partners in crime, James McKeon of No Breaking Podcast and Taro Koki, president of GT Channel and hello, the man hello. who makes all this thing happen. Today, I'm going to geek out a little bit because uh, our guest here is a person that has been uh, gracing my uh, bookcases for a little while here. I'm even going to show you. I did not. Can you guys see this? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I did not buy this. Put it or, in front of you. Uh, put it in front of your face. There we go. Where'd he go? Face. Where'd Sam go? Where'd Sam go? <laughs> okay. So anyways, this is a Earth One. This one's volume two, but I have volume one too of Batman. But uh, our guest today is a renowned artist, car artist, and comic book artist, John Sabal. How are you, John? Doing good, man. Thank you for uh, having me. Hey, man. Uh, like I said, I'm, a, I'm kind of a comic book geek. So when I heard you, got, you were going to be on, I was pretty excited. Um, uh, there's going to be some questions I'm probably going to ask you after Taro uh, asks you about all the car stuff, about some comic book stuff. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but welcome to the show. And uh, I will kick it off to Taro. And then, John, I'm going to be sitting here listening to everything, but I'll be jumping, me and James will be jumping in too. Perfect. Fine. All right. Cool. All right. Go ahead, Taro. Cool. Take it away. Yeah, John. I mean, you've been uh, killing it with your. Um... <laughs> Sam goes for the <laughs> what did Sam do? Sorry. Sam goes for the. Yeah, I know. Way to. Sam clusters it up right away. Exactly. Away, Sam. No, my bad. My bad. Right at, right, right at the beginning. Just my bad. Kicked, my bad. In the we back. Next thing you know, we're putting sunglasses on. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, John, thanks for uh, being on our show. Um, we're, we're really glad to have you. Um, Let's start with this. I mean, um, so what do you write as your occupation? I mean, you do, you do so many things. What's, uh, what, what would you call your, your job? Um, to simplify it, I think I would be an automotive, automotive artist slash comic book artist. That's the gist of it all. I think, you know, with, as an automotive artist, that encompasses body kit design concept, you know, build designs, um, livery designs, uh, speculative renderings, Anything automotive related, you know, that's what we do. Even down to like, you know, you know, creating posters and stuff. And then on the on the flip side of that, I do the comic book um, inking um, for companies like DC Comics, Marvel Comics, Image Comics, and all that stuff. So, pretty much cool, cool. Uh, multi multi talented. And um, so, I know you did a podcast, or you did a couple podcasts with with James and. Um, I know some of your background story, but maybe for some of the GT channel uh, viewers of this podcast and listeners of the audio version, um, can you explain to us like how you started and how you got to uh, what you do now? Sure. Uh, in terms of comic book artists, that came about of just me just loving to draw, you know, drawing and, you know, um, Anything that I've, when I was growing up, anything that I saw on TV that, you know, really appealed to me, I wanted to capture it even longer than just, you know, when it came on TV. So I would draw them. And um, so I started with all like anime stuff, like all the old Japanese um, 
TV shows in the Philippines, like Voltus Five, Mazinger Z's, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that came to fruition to where um, way fast forward when uh, Image Comics started um, in the early nineties, uh, and they had um, one of the owners, Rob Liefeld, had a signing and. They wanted, um, you know, their, their studio is expanding. So, you know, they wanted, you know, to hire a bunch of new artists. And um, I didn't really, you know, growing up, I didn't think, oh, I want to be a comic book artist. I just love drawing, period. And mm-hmm. the opportunity came up and they said, uh, you know, um, so I just thought I wanted to get better at, you know, doing, you know, drawing and stuff. So I bought some of my... Um, not really portfolio because I didn't really have any portfolio back then. Just a bunch of my sketches and drawings mm-hmm. and stuff. And they um, they saw it and they're like, "Hey, do you want to, you know, get a job as an inker?" I didn't even know what an inker was at, at the time. <laughs> right. and I thought it was just, uh, you know, the guy who draws the comic books and somebody colors it and that's it. But mm-hmm. there's like different processes. Like there's a writer, there's a penciler, there's the inker, and um, so I just thought, "Hey, you know, I'd love." you know, to be an inker, sure, why not? At the time, I was working at the Pela Shoe Store, <laughs> selling shoes. Hey, John, so, you didn't even know what it, you didn't even know what an inker was when you said you'll take the job. Yeah, no, because he was like asking me, like, do you know how to ink? I'm like, do you, sure. if I say no, I won't get the job. So I said, yeah, yeah, man, I can do that for sure. No problem. So John, um, you had you had no formal training of uh, uh, not inking, but just even drawing or art. No, I never went to art school, just wow. never, you know, I wish I did, uh, you know, I mean, if I can go back and, you know, find a way, but I just, you know, my extent of my training would be like, whatever they offer in school, like, mm. you so know, high school oh. and that's about it, but uh, yes, and then that, that, you know, happened to be at the time kind of like was you know, also a good source to fund some of my interests, which is the car stuff. And, you know, at the time, um, I thought, you know, what if I, I can kind of, you know, come up with a design for my car? Because at the time, you know, I went through a couple of cars and I end up, you know, getting too much trouble with my old Honda Prelude. So I thought, mm-hmm you know, none of that stuff anymore. I, you know, I, I have a good job now. I can kind of, you know, calm down with all my, you know, um, craziness with the car stuff. So I, I thought, let's buy a BMW. Ooh, so classy, so nice and so fancy, but, uh, and then I'll keep it clean. And, you know, and we kept that, um, I kept it stuck for a while and then I'll go, oh, yeah, I'll just maybe lower it. Oh, maybe I'll just buy wheels. And then it just, you know, progressed from there. And to the point to where I thought, man, I need to buy something that makes this car unique, but everything that's out in the market right now was already been, you know, um, bought and used and showcased on different cars. So I thought maybe I can put something together where I can get like the bumper from this company and the the wide body fenders from this company and put them all together and modify them so they flow seamlessly. And I couldn't figure out a way to express that to the body shop how I want it because if I try to explain to them they don't really get that idea so I thought hey maybe I can photoshop my ideas and then print it and then so I can show them a picture of it and so that's this is for your personal be, this is for your personal yeah. car you're at the shop trying to explain to them what you want them to do to your car 
Exactly. And that turned out to be a very good, you know, um, way of conveying exactly what I thought how the car should look like to them and including the proportions of the opening of the bumper and all the little details. And then they, you know, and then my friends saw the results and they liked it and they said, hey, can you do me a rendering also? And they built another car and same thing. And it just kind of snowballed from there. So it mm -hmm. started like almost like a hobby and almost, you know, became, uh, you know, from a passion to a career kind of a thing. So mm -hmm. kind of fun. What kind of um, aftermarket brands uh, did you, did you like when you were, you know, growing up or you were, you know, into Hondas, even, you know, BMWs, what, what kind of brands did you uh, look up to? Back then, um, when I got my BMW, it was like around 95. And I was heavily looking into like HC Snitzer, Hamann. Um, mm HC -hmm. Snitzer was like dominant from back in the day. HC Snitzer and, um, and Alpina. And mm -hmm. then Hamann was coming out um, a little bit, but I love their styling because it was so much more aggressive and mm -hmm. I, I thought HC Snitzer was clean uh, not as clean as an OE level like um, Alpina but I thought mm HC -hmm. Snitzer was like a little bit more aggressive but then Hamann came out and just man they had a kit that looked like a BTCC you know uh, race, yeah, car race car and, and, uh, and okay that's the kit I want to run and they had awesome wheels that I think they uh, had OZ wheels make all the wheels and stuff. And I just gravitated towards that. All my friends were messing around with import stuff and I just mm -hmm. kind of explore more on the Euro end of it. Cool, cool. You've yeah. mentioned um, in, in James' uh, podcast about Option Magazine as, as something that you, you consider like top tier stuff. Yeah, man. Now, Option magazines, because back then, like when I had my prelude, I just wanted to kind of soak in whatever I can. And then, you know, um, of course, if you want to learn about prelude, you just explore. Just like when I wanted to learn more about my E36, I went through like Japanese, I mean, uh, European magazines mm -hmm. with preludes. I went to, I, I went to go way deep into it. So I came across Option magazines and that's when like all hell broke loose where I just spent all my money <laughs> into <laughs> all car parts that, you know, I can get. And um, the magazine definitely had so much influence. John, yeah, when you did get those parts, did you overnight them from Japan? Cause I thought that was the only way to get car parts back then. <laughs> only way, man. <laughs> you gotta no, have no, them. you call RJ, you call RJ Devera. <laughs> right, right, right. Damn that guy's fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so so john you have all these influences like japanese you know jdm tuning you have european um what is your you know process of of you know conceptualizing and you know coming up with these awesome you know renderings that you you post on your instagram account sure uh so depending on what projects um i'm working on if it's for a client then we just start with you know making sure that what we're coming up with, the concept and the renderings and the designs and all that stuff are all within what the brand of their company portrays. Uh, whether if it's a livery design, we have to make sure that 
all the colors that we're using are representative of their own colors so that people, when they see the car, they don't need to see a logo of their company name by just the combination of the colors that we apply in the livery, they'll almost know right away, hey, that's you know company A, whatever. Uh, and then for concept builds and stuff, I, I usually try to, there's so many ways to design and, and uh, come up with concepts. So what I try to do is we try to narrow it down by coming up with a theme. So if you're mm -hmm. building a, a car and you wanna create a concept for it, you know, we wanted to make sure, is this going to be more of a street tuner or a more of a full-blown motorsport race car type of deal? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes there's, you know, in between to where it's like motorsport inspired tuner builds. So, mm -hmm. and then from there, we just, you know, narrow it down. Okay. What, what, you know, if there's a, a specific preference on, on what they want to see done to the car where, okay, are we doing a full wide body build? You know, are we doing just lowered, clean, just front lip, you know, add on stuff. Um, what color, what type of wheels, because we have to build every single parts now in 3D. So, mm. you know, uh, we try to be as efficient as possible. And the only way to make that is just to kind of get as much information from the builder themselves. And mm. then um, just to help, you know, the flow, uh, go smoothly and you know efficiently i guess do you um speaking of 3d have you have you heard of nfts uh, yeah non-fungible to no yeah. yeah do you have you thought about doing something like that with your uh with your artwork uh yes i'm definitely looking into it now uh, yeah i started uh, hearing more about it like a couple of weeks ago and friends mm -hmm. hitting me up and saying Oh, you gotta look into this and there's so many ways that you can you know get good money for your work and and it definitely does open up some more uh avenues right for income and yeah. um and it's just amazing like the technologies that they have now and even people that are you know um really enjoying a, a digital artwork enough for them to pay for it because you know typically it's like oh we'll just download that JPEG file, yeah. and that's enough, right? But the NFTs, you know, gives you that uh, bragging rights. So yeah, I actually own that piece. You, you guys can yeah. have all the copies, but I have my name <laughs> is part of that, you know, piece. Yeah. So yeah, definitely interesting. I'm learning and the whole lingo and terminology of NFT, you know, goes over my head. So I'm yeah. trying to uh, educate myself. You know. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating stuff. So those, for those of you uh, listening, NFT is uh, non-fungible tokens. Uh, they're they're basically like unique, very unique uh, digital pieces of artwork. Um, I, I just sent Sam uh, an article of like LeBron James is uh, one of LeBron James is a NBA NFT uh, like playing card, digital playing card. How much did they sell that for? It's like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Of yeah, hundreds of thousands of dollars, dollars, right? I mean, yeah. Jack Dorsey's first just... tweet, he sold it as an NFT. I think he got a million, you know, over a million dollars. Yeah, so it's just John, one of your crazy. Batman things, you know, I mean, you have a crazy yeah. Batman collector. I mean, boom, or Superman collector, you know, Do it, I man. mean, you could, yeah, <laughs> you could, you could be, you could be sitting on 
sitting on some big money there. So hopefully, hopefully things will work out for that. Yeah, and yeah, it we'll uses uh, blockchain uh, technology. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a lot of possibilities out there. Just got to make sure that um, we don't overstep our bounds. In that's that's right. Because it's yeah, John. Just like you said, it's still kind of people are trying to figure out what NFTs are, how they're gonna, you know how they're going to you know end up pan out so yeah that's i think that's a very good way of looking at it just kind of venture into it but be careful you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah for sure yeah but, uh, hey uh what, what what's your uh, most proudest uh creation so far proudest commission creation uh, yeah oh, creation? creation oh yeah. uh man that's that's a hard question, man. That's like yeah, Taro, that's who's like, your favorite who's child. Your favorite kid? <laughs> no, but I wanna I wanna who's your favorite well, maybe kid? Which, you know, which, you know some of your favorite ones that you've done in the past. That maybe how, John, about, how about that? Can you talk about the Dodge? Oh yeah, I mean that's definitely one of them because anything that is connected to me personally uh, would be something that I think would I would cherish more just because you know um, if I create a rendering for any of my personal car, I think that's, and then I see it happening and coming into fruition and becoming a reality. That definitely hits different more than any other client work. Um, the Dodge Challenger was, man, that was a trip. The, it, you know, I, I grew up and, and I was always into JDM cars and European cars, but never a domestic guy. So I have no clue at all in that whole scene, what it's all about. And, um, at the time, though, that when Dodge released that Dodge Challenger, um, it was 2008, and they had a big promotion to, um, uh, you know, to release a manual version of the Challenger because it was automatic at first at the launch date, and then they had a design competition to where you come up with like cool graphics for this new car, and I thought, hey, you know, it's fun. Let's let's give it a try. And um, I came up with this um, flames, you know, I thought maybe, you know, hot rods, domestic, they're always kind of intertwined. So instead of doing the old school hot rod flames, I thought let's do a more realistic version of it. So I put flames all over the car. I had no idea what I was doing. And then, uh, but turns out that's what they loved. And they sent me a notification saying that I won the car and they're building it in real life. And I couldn't believe it. And I was just like, oh man, that's awesome that, uh, you know, I won and I was like, oh no, I actually <laughs> have to drive this super crazy loud cars. And if you know me, I don't, you know, my all my cars have been very low key and always been like either black, white or silver. <laughs> I just don't like, you know, like super crazy looking cars, you know, for, uh, for myself. So, um, and then when when yeah when 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 we saw the car fully built, it had all the crazy uh, flames and and everything in it. And yeah, I think now that uh, uh, on the screen, what you can see is uh, yeah. There you go. That's 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 exactly how the car. Well, that was one of the renderings that I, I did to help the painters because they actually had to airbrush all those wow. uh, flames onto the car. So I kind of did a few renderings. Um, after and then that's how the car looked like. Not exactly <laughs> quiet. No, not at all. It looks I like was, something from a comic book, man. It was so wild. I was like, I never had to wear 
I would drive in the freeway, people would be like looking. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is kind of crazy. And at that time, you know, Challenger just came out too. So nobody had that, you know, mm-hmm. fixed up Challenger. And then McGuire's, you know, with RJ came along and they offered to uh, wrap the car and uh, sat back <laughs> with her. I was like, hey, man, sign me up. I thought it was cool. So, uh, so the actual, you know, uh, flame job, it's still underneath that wrap, mm, you know. Right, uh, right. And then, uh, yeah, we went with that uh, with that matte black wheels and matte black wrap. It was all, it was it was much calmer. I think more my style without the flames and everything. Um, and then, yeah, and then every car that I would uh, own or whatever, I would imagine how the, would this car look. So I would always create renderings before mm-hmm. I buy parts like that one mm-hmm. right there to where. You thought, oh, maybe we can do like a matte black with a vintage gold wheels, more very, very retro looking. And mm-hmm. so we thought, um, you know, five spoke wheels from SSR uh, wheels uh, was, you know, would fit the whole build. Look, you know, it's not, you know, pure domestic builds from, you know, wheels to the body and everything, but it was a kind of a mix because SSR, of, of mm-hmm. course, is a, a Japanese wheel. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, <laughs> with, yeah, with there James SSR, and we were able to spec out the right offset for the car, and um, even put air suspension on the car. And mm-hmm. yeah, so the time that we we did this, like people were like, "Is that a Photoshop car, or is that car not real? Is that a video game car?" No, it's actually real because it just looked really wild from at, at the time, you know. And not too many cars. Yeah. Um, we're doing it this way. I think a lot of people were gravitating towards more of the dub style to where they're going 20, 22s, 23 inch wheels, uh, fully polished wheels. But I went the other way to where it's like more toned down bronze, you know, uh, gold, vintage gold um, wheels and just, you know, kept it kind of simple. But uh, we did the, uh, yeah, how about the, Scion Tuner Challenge that we were involved in together, John. When dude, um, that was awesome. Yeah, um. <laughs> you, I was when I saw who I was going up against. I was like, why am I even doing this? It was. Uh, <laughs> it's like I might as well not do anything to this car and just like bring it in, roll it in stock. <laughs> yeah, no, Scion. I mean, the Scion brand by itself did a lot for my career, actually, and. Uh, and one of the earlier times I remember being involved in that was I created uh, a concept for John Pangolinen for mm-hmm. his Sign Tuner Challenge. And, and he did well with that uh, build. Yeah. And yeah, then, that, was, that was a great one. The GT, the GT uh, uh, reimagined one, right? Yeah. And then we did uh, our own build, which, which was the Sign IQ. And that was... Uh, yeah, that was another cool concept. Uh, we, we went up against Evasive that did a really awesome job. And uh, yeah. um, and us again with, 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 our, oh, with, that's our, right. with our MR, with our MR IQ. Uh, IQ, yeah. yes, yes. The, the oh, mounted one. That was, that was wild. And I was like really kind of worried because I'm like, man, did we do enough? Because this guy's put the engine all the way in the, the back and full like metal um, exposed brush aluminum body and everything. You guys did well, man. Thanks. Well, you keep on, uh, you, st- you know, pushing me down the hill, man. 
you guys were in a goal, so we have to kind of keep on like you know shooting for you guys. Dude, that's ten years ago though. Yikes! It, was yeah, it? Yeah, oh, the IQ man. was before that, and then the FRS went was after this. FRS, too. yes. Mm-hmm. But I do remember on your on your FRS build uh, that you had that super trick exhaust, where you had yeah. those. Um, uh, like those turbine wheel looking thing inside your exhaust. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not the whistle type of <laughs> exhaust, but it's a lot better than that. I just thought it was that was kind of cool. I remember that. No, oh, thanks. Yeah, we brought yeah. we brought all the parts from Japan. We knew everybody was gonna go wide body, and then the other one, the third car was um, Speed Hunters. You know, the completely uh, built out like race car. You know, the the old. With the old TRD color scheme and everything. Yeah, that was uh, awesome. Yeah. That, that was a that was a, that was a fun challenge, though. It was it was great, and you know, for every time that I, you know, I was involved or even participated in any of these challenges, I, you know, gained even more respect for builders because us as a designer and as an artist, you know, we all can only consider as far as our imaginaries can take us. So, mm-hmm. but the builders are the one making that happen making it possible so we can mm-hmm. as an artist we can cheat a lot like oh we can make this fenders even wider but does it really work in real life does it function sure it could, we can achieve that look but it, how does that affect how the car would drive so mm-hmm. much respect to all the builders much respect to all the engineers you know that makes you know cars actually look pretty and functional and, and you know uh, while still looking very unique and different yeah, I know you're a RWB guy, but like, who are some of the builders out there right now that um, that you you look at and that that are doing a, that you think that are doing a good job out there? Oh man, dude, who do I? There's so many right now. Um, they don't. I mean, most of the guys that I work with, like mm-hmm. for example, um, Scott. Um, he did this uh, forerunner uh, at the Toyo Tread Pass that was showcased last year. Um, mm-hmm. It was a forerunner. It was slammed to the ground. He put a 2JZ in it. But they did like fully in and out type of build to where, you know, they did a full chassis and um, so much details around, you know, the interior and the exterior of the car and uh, just choosing the, the really cool old school Japanese parts for that build. Um, things like that, I think, really appeals to me just because they paid so much attention to all the little details and stuff. And sometimes all those you know details you can kind of just overlook because the whole car is just so wild looking. But the more you look at it, the more you discover all those little things. And that, you know, I, I love that kind of stuff. So no one is specifically in particular, but, but just anybody that touches a car in that manner to where they really pay attention to all the little details and stuff, I think, you know, um, it'll always, you know, grab my attention for sure. How about uh, RWB though? What, what attracted you to, to Nakai-san and his creations? Sure. RWB, to me, I just thought, at least for the 964 side of it, look almost like what Porsche did, but was done, you know, a little bit more exaggerated version of what Porsche had done. So, um, you know, with the riveted fenders, Porsche had done that on some of the race cars. So it's not completely 
you know, um, you know, um, done by RWB, but you know, with them so strict, you know, exclusively, everything I think that RWB did was inspired by what Porsche had done in the past, uh, especially with a lot of their motorsports side of it. And that appealed to me because that's kind of like what I like. I like, I'm heavily influenced by a lot of the motorsports stuff. So mm -hmm. if we kind of grab some of that design cues and apply it on a street car, you know, I thought that's a good formula right there. And uh, I was considering either a 993 or a 964, but end up with a 9, uh, 964 just because of the silhouette mm -hmm. of the car and, uh, yeah. and the way everything you know, um, look, it looks like the super old classic 911, you know, uh, body. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. The 993 is a, bit, a lot more smoother, a lot more refined. Um, but I think the 964, it's not as raw as the older, you know, 911 G bodies, but um, it's kind of a good mix. Um, there you get some modern amenities, but, you know, like power steering and all that stuff. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, and then, and then, you know, the wing, we decided on the wing because, I, you know, like I said, I'm not a big fan of a crazy wild looking car. So mm -hmm. the Carrera wing was just enough for me to, uh, you know, um, to have the car completed with, without, um, you know, going too, too wild or anything. Yeah, and yeah. Do you, do you remember the first? Uh-huh. Go ahead. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, and, and H&R was kind enough to... Uh, let us have a space in there uh, at SEMA to debut the car mm -hmm. at the uh, 2015 SEMA show. Yeah, that was a that was a good show. I remember the days when a, we actually went to shows. Go to shows, but that was also <laughs> a good H&R display with Rusty Slammington next year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that that booth was so busy every single time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember shooting both of these cars that year. Yeah, and when when will we go back to actually going to shows, huh, Sam? Yeah, I know. If there will be shows, you know, some people are saying maybe we don't need them anymore. But well, Sam goes to Vegas, like but CMA never and... comes to SEMA, though. Yeah, so he goes there two days early and leaves two days later as well, John. For the parties, so yeah. oh, just for the parties. Oh man, just just for the party. Kind he doesn't. Kind he doesn't. True. He doesn't wake up before nine p.m. and doesn't get to bed before nine a.m. <laughs> hey, hey, John, did you ever think of maybe uh, getting your hands on a nine nine three at some point and uh, doing some magic to it? Because I'd be interested to see how that looks after you know seeing how you, what you did with the nine six four. Sure. Yeah. I, or what I, about even the 991 or 992, the, even the, you know, the newer ones? Yeah, the newer ones definitely, you know, has a lot of potential. I'm just drawn to like the older models. Mm. It doesn't even have to be Porsche, any car. I just love older cars. Mm. And um, the newer cars, I love them for, um, for a daily, <laughs> but not necessarily to, to fix up. I mean, you can, I can fix it up too, but it's just mm -hmm. older cars just appeals to me a lot more, I think. And um, 993 would be cool to have. I've always dreamed also of owning a, or a building a, like the old school a 911 RSR, mm -hmm. you know, wide body back date style. And um, that would be, you know, pretty clean. Not the RWB style, but more of the, traditional, you know, Porsche, not RSR style. 
Oh, I wanted to ask you too, John, what do you think about the new Z? You know, the yellow one that's been uh, out there. Yeah, you know, uh, if I'm being honest, I- Be honest, please. <laughs> uh, me and Sam do, Sam, you know, when back when he was at Super Street, we were talking about this. And I was kind of shocked in the beginning because I'm like, wow, dude, what? I, I like I didn't understand the whole front end of it. It looked mm -hmm. the opening was a little bit too square for me, like too sharp and too. That's what it, he said. It, yeah, and it, it didn't. Uh, it was yeah. It was it was almost like, man. Uh, I thought it was just a, you know a concept that they're still developing, mm -hmm. but uh, and then just like with anything, because uh, I felt the same way with the Supra, right? So when the Supra came out. We were so used to seeing the FT1 concept, and then you're you're almost expecting FT1 uh, styling and proportions. They got the styling pretty close, but the proportions were way different than than the concept. So I thought, well, now I love how the Supra looks. I wonder if I, you know, if the uh, 400Z Proto Z would grow on me, and it actually did. You know, so the first few months, I'm like, yeah, this car is not working for me. But then after you know, um, looking at it and did a couple of renderings and I'm like, oh, this car actually has pretty good potential. And then, um, and that's how I thought started to kind of develop like, oh, we can actually do more about, you know, with this car and uh, it's a good looking, you know, platform from there on. And uh, mm -hmm. the more, you know, we create, you know, concept renderings and stuff, the better, you know, the, the appeal uh, became for me, so. So now what I, you know, do? I, I dig the car. For sure. You dig it what now. Would you do, okay. What would you do first to the car if you, if you got your hands on one? I think I would do exactly like what's on the screen right now, where it's just mm -hmm. super clean, you know, just uh, lowered and you know front lip, uh, maybe a nice wing, but uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, unless again we're building it, you know, for a specific purpose. Um, I did another. Uh, Design to wear, we did a full uh, super GT looking uh, style. And I don't know how streetable that would be, but you know, it's a fun concept to, to, to imagine. And, um, you know, going back to the old super GT, uh, JGT style, the black, you know, that's the uh, black one right there. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So that, you know, really worked out, um, you know, with the styling and everything. And it just shows you the potential of this car and how, you know, I think the aftermarket, just like what they did with the Supra, uh, will embrace this model and offer a bunch of, you know, uh, go fast goodies and aero stuff for it that will help, I think, a lot of the owners, you know, make that car unique for themselves. Yeah, I mean, they're coming out with the manual transmission, so there's really no excuse. <laughs> for anyone yeah. to complain about this car right yeah yeah for sure yeah i love the 190e um that you did for die too that was a really cool design yeah that was a fun project uh it was you know chris i think was me and chris uh marion uh from kw uh, mm -hmm. we're at a party and uh we, were, we end up sitting across from each other and i was just asking what's what are you building now? What what kind of car do you have in your garage and all that stuff? And then he said, "Oh, I had this 190. I'm thinking of maybe putting a S2000 motor in it." I'm like, "Dude!" I go, "Really?" I go, "Sign me up. Let's do it." 
you gotta you know build it and then here you know through then on you know we did a, a few calls back and forth uh zoom calls and um we refined the idea and and came up with this uh build with uh die um um being involved every single step of the way from the livery design to the wheel finish the wheel design so on that mm -hmm. build we not only uh, you know style the car but coming up with the the wheel we work with eddie from mm -hmm. seven wheels seven. They, yeah yeah they um were able to and this is like one of the few designs that i you know because i usually design body kits and you know body yeah, cars. yeah. For the car but mm -hmm. wheel designs is always something that uh, you know I, I like but i never really got into but mm -hmm. you know so this is one of the first few ones that i you know got to design and you know eddie and his team they man they did it exactly you know uh, how we uh, wanted it and uh, and it just worked out um you know with the whole theme of the car being the old you know dtm uh, yeah. 190 style and uh, yeah. And the, the, Are the they going to sell that wheel? Yeah, I think you can actually buy that wheel. Yeah, I'm pretty nice. sure. But um, it's always fun to see, you know, concept builds like that from rendering come to become reality and see, yeah. you know, I mean, that's so gratifying, I think, you know, at least for my end to see some of that stuff. Um, and it's also, it's in a moment where you can kind of teach yourself that, okay, there's only certain things that you can do to make sure that it's everything is buildable because we can create, like I said, as an artist, we can cheat and create this wild concepts, but is that buildable if somebody wants to build it? And, you know, we have to consider, oh, is there, you know, things in, in the back of the bumper that we have to consider if we're designing a full bumper for it and, yeah. You know, is this wheel going to clear? How's the suspension travel going to go up and down if, if the fender radius is too, too low and, and all that stuff? So, um, but being involved in builds that becomes reality are always eye-opening because I'm like, okay, next time, you know, we can do better and stuff. So mm -hmm. it's always a learning yeah. experience. Yeah, it turned out really, really good. I mean, at the beginning, I mean, this car was in really bad shape. Bad shape. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I there were like plants growing in it and like, you know, <laughs> rats, you know, probably making their families in there for a couple of generations. I think Chris said that it had been sitting there like for close to 10 years, right? No one had touched it. It was just like sitting in, in the, the back garage. of the garage, back, yeah. of the, you know, outside, just like, you know, exposed to the elements for about 10 years. Right. <laughs> and it, it's funny because it's a legit 16 valve, uh, you know, version yeah. of the 190E. So it's not like some, you know, standard 190E model, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, so I thought that the theme of it, you know, going with the Evo 1 look, because I think everybody, you know, when they think of 190E, let's do a full Evo 2, you know, conversion with a crazy wide body and a crazy wing. But uh, Chris thought Evo 1 would be a more, you know, appropriate, you know, um, style and look for this car. And they were able to get the the kit um you know for the conversion and that worked out yeah cool i mean um with with all these you know projects um coming your way are there other artists and and uh designers that you see doing you know other projects and other 
um, renderings that that you feel are, you know, killing it right now, besides yourself. Besides myself, I don't know. I, to me, anybody and anyone that does uh, cool stuff that becomes a real car build to where anytime I think an artist uh, creates a rendering and then the build comes out and it turns out even better looking than the rendering, mm -hmm. I think everybody wins on the, uh, you know, yeah. at that point. If the rendering becomes, or, or, or if the rendering looks better than the actual build, then it's not so good. You always want to see the build uh, take it the next level, you know, after the rendering comes out. So um, nothing specific to anyone, but anybody that, that, that can do that, I think, again, like just, you know, uh, will grab my attention and, you know, I, I'd love to uh, see their process and see how, you know, what they do and, what, you know, uh, how they create all those concepts. But um, because I think it's a dis discipline to where you're able to balance you know, and, and push the boundaries of what you can do style-wise, but stay within the limits of it being feasible and has some uh, a good balance of sensibility in it to where everything is, you know, practical and doable and functional and all that stuff, so. Yeah, that goes, that's the same with the, the designers for the manufacturers, right? Now, how about the, how about the, you know, cars coming out from the manufacturers? What kind of cars um, have caught your eye recently? Um, man, I haven't been keeping up, but at least the Subaru, uh, you know, the, the new BRZ that's coming out, um, it wasn't as, okay. you know, like I was, it wasn't, I wasn't as shocked as, you know, when I saw the, when I saw the uh, Z Proto from Nissan and, uh, the mm -hmm. Supra, it, you know, was mild enough to where I was like, oh yeah, I can kind of see the old BRZ in, in there. It looked mm -hmm. like a whole brand new front end and stuff. And um, anytime that there's a new car that comes out, I always just look, what can we do with this car? Does this car have potential? Mm -hmm. And almost every car really has potential, but yeah. um, it's just within like my interests. So for example, for this BRZ, we thought, you know, to do it like the old uh, Nürburgring, you know, race car style yeah. with, you know, crazy white bodies and everything and uh hey taro don't you think these could be nfts <laughs> You're that's that's i know that's why i brought it up because I, I mean john's work is is awesome right i mean what if you know it's like a 15 second thing of like a 3d you know taro, you should have you should have gt channel be the middleman you know like the sotheby's and start selling john's work there you go get, get a permission from john you know all right john we're talking after this podcast i'm gonna call you, call you <laughs> the gt nft yeah. john yeah. Yeah. can i just ask when did you find out about this making its appearance at the uh halftime show oh the super bowl yeah uh, john who built the car had uh told me i think a few months i think i'm, I'm not sure exactly when right before or you know um but definitely knew that it was you know, going to be used for the halftime show. And mm -hmm. just like with anything, um, we've been involved in many projects that was supposed to be in movies and supposed to be in commercials, they're supposed to be in ads, but you never know what the final cut will be. Some, sometimes they bring the cars and 
the, the scenes gets edited out in the you know editing room, right? So on this one, I'm like, I knew it was gonna be in there, but how much of it, I'm not, I wasn't sure. And if it's really gonna be even in there, because what if they just decide at the last minute, uh, we don't need the scene anymore. So they, they whole, you know, cut out the whole thing. So, you know, I came in with like anticipation, like, oh, it's gonna be cool to see the car, but how much of it, I, I had no idea until I actually saw the, you know, the show and this, the opening scene itself had the car. I'm like, oh my gosh, it actually made it into the, <laughs> I'm sure it's the weekend right there, man. Yeah. Did, did the, didn't the weekend just love this car? Did he, did you, did he end up buying that car or what, what was the story behind that? You, I think John, the owner, uh, would have a better story on that one. Cause uh, I, a lot of people really love this car. And from what mm -hmm. I know, he got hit by a lot of like big names wanting to buy this car. So I oh, think okay. he's in the process of actually building more samples of it. But yeah, it's awesome the original car. one, I think, was is already sold. Oh, as as oh okay. Yeah. But yes, find these cars first, you know. So yeah, but a lot of like heavy hitters like really gravitated to that car, and um, and no, James, I'm not one of them. <laughs> I know because you've already got three, yeah. haven't you, Sam? Tucked yeah. away. <laughs> hey, John, can I uh, get back to kind of your little more personal uh, stories of you? But uh, you said when you were uh, showing the guys your, you know, your drawings and stuff back then, you were drawing mostly. Were you drawing cars back then, or were you drawing mostly like people, superheroes? What were you drawing back then? Uh, uh, I was before drawing, you got into. It. Yeah, it was. It was more of like combination of many things. I was drawing. You know, uh, you, you know, trees, houses, mm -hmm. uh, anything that I can kind of, you know, uh, see and, and hone my skills. Uh, I was commissioned to do portraits, like, you know, pencil, charcoal mm -hmm. drawings of uh, people. And, uh, and then with comic book stuff, I knew, you know, it was a lot of fun because like my cousins were all into it and mm -hmm. uh, we would go to comic book stores. I'm like, man, this is fun way to to really learn, you know, this craft and stuff. So, you know, if you're gonna go to a comic book signing and you want to get feedback, you don't bring portraits, you bring comic book style drawings. Right. So I did a bunch of those preparings mm -hmm. to get, make sure that, you know, I, I get more feedback from the, uh, the professionals. Well, what kind of cars were you uh, drawing at first before you became a professional? And how old were you? Like, how old were you when you like said, oh, I love cars, I'm gonna, I wanna draw these. It's never too late to start, Sam. No, not me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, was there a particular car that caught your eye? Like, you know, when you were growing up that you said, that, that thing's awesome. And then maybe started drawing it? Sure. I think the Jaguar E-Type. Really. E -type. Wow. That's way before your time. Hey, like, only that, because. That's a beautiful car. If, if you can imagine the uh, silhouette and, uh, and the mm -hmm. profile of a, Jaguar E-Type is so different from majority of the cars the out nose, there. The Super, yeah, the proportions yeah. of it, right? The, the long hood with mm -hmm. a small cockpit in the back mm -hmm. and it just looks so wild and so sporty. And I thought, man, that's a cool looking, you know, side profile silhouette. And, um, and, and, and yeah, it, it's just everything about it was so different from the typical boxy looking shape of, of standard car and uh, um, that. And then later on, once I got more into it, 
the F1, the McLaren. Uh, oh, right. Uh, the three-seater, right? Uh, yeah, so yeah, the middle racing position. And uh, man, that car was, it's still a dream, I think, you know, if, if we win the lottery. <laughs> well, uh, oh, you have to find one, too, for sale, too. But yeah. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, usually those cars are only San Matani money, to be fair. Oh, <laughs> but you know what, John? You picked you, you picked two British cars. That's not just because James is here, right? Uh, partly, partly. Oh, partly? Oh, you're uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just knows the best, Sam. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> but John, I want to say on, on James's good side, so I have to kind of... <laughs> But John, it seems like you like, you know, cars from everywhere. You're not really a JDM guy. You're not really a particularly a European guy, but just you, all of them, huh? You're just a car enthusiast in general. I just good looking design uh, cars. And it was, it could either be from any, you know, manufacturer, as long as the designs are appealing to me, you know, I'd definitely be. I hate to do this, but what if I said top five? Sure. No, top five. Okay. McLaren. McLaren and Jaguar E-Type, right? We got those two the in E-Types the, up there. The uh, uh, the um, F40 for sure. Oh, for uh, our F40. Wow. Okay. Yeah. The um, Cura GT, just specifically for the sound of it. Okay. The, the it's way, a good looking car too, though. It's a good yeah. looking car for sure. But the first time I, I heard a car sounding like that, and it didn't. Okay, but Okay, but let's take sound out of it now. Just oh, for the sound design, design specifically. Design. Okay. All right. So going back, F one, uh, GTR, the uh, GTR. Which no, no, F one GTR. Oh, F one GTR. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. So and and then the F forty. F forty E type. Uh, the uh, the E type, um, the um, Porsche GT one. Oh, the GT one. You mean the yeah. one they homologated? Yes. Homologation yes, one. Yes, okay. Yes. And um, E30 M3. Ah, okay. Top E30 five. M3. Okay. Yeah. How many Japanese cars were in that? None. <laughs> no. <laughs> that is sad. There was, oh, there no, was as many American, uh, <laughs> there was as many American domestic market cars in there as well. Sam. I know, so, I mean, zero. Okay, so we know where John's are. We're all, all European, man. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that in that, in that, in that way. I just... Like, what, what okay, John. Top three Japanese cars. Okay, Japanese cars. Just, just or five or whatever you. Just your top Japanese, best looking Japanese cars. Okay. Uh, that come to mind right away. Two thousand GT. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. the Toyota two thousand GT. Toyota, okay. Uh, the uh, Fair Lady Z. Okay, the original one, the S thirty. Original one. Okay. Yes. We got a Nissan uh, Toyota. Uh, man, uh, oh, that's it. Just those two come to mind. NSX. Uh, which generation? The now Honda. or the? No, the, the the first generation. The first generation. Okay. There's only one generation. There's only the first wow. generation. <laughs> uh, man, what else? What else? Uh, okay, we got a Honda now. The. Hey, what do we have? Oh, Toyota. We have a Nissan, a Honda. Nissan okay. and a Honda. Oh, he's got. Uh, well, that's good. That's yeah, three three. big ones. Yeah. 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 Okay. But almost always the older ones are. Yeah, it looks like yeah, you're an old yeah. star guy. Yeah, very, that's very cool. Um, uh, you uh, you ink. You know, when when I see people who say ink, I mean, they can also draw too, like you, right, John? I mean, do yeah. So ninety percent of inkers for comic books are they also? 
do they do the pencils too? Um, majority of the time, you know, with the comic book process, they'll have uh, a penciler strictly just doing the pencils. Right, the sketch, of, right? Yeah, so, so it goes from the writer who will have a full script and plot of the story, and then they'll give it to the penciler who will translate the script into pictures. Uh, but he'll draw everything in pencil, and then they'll give it to us who will um, convert the pencils into um, ink. And Are some of the, the pencils way, pretty rough? Are some of the uh, pencils pretty rough? Yeah, it, it, it depends. If you get a penciler that's very loose in their uh, drawings, then you almost have to do a lot of finishes. But you know, I've worked with amazing pencilers and artists that whenever I get the finished penciled work, it's almost there's no interpretation that's needed. Every, all mm -hmm. the lines are there. And what we need to do is just create you know, differences between the foreground, the background, the middle ground. So by you know, varying the line weights of the inks from there. How, much, how long does it take to do maybe like one page like with several panels? Sure, uh, it depends. So for example, like that page in the back mm -hmm. of, of Batman, it, that took about six hours. Uh, oh, okay. And okay. sometimes they'll take even longer, uh, depending on how much details are in, you know, in, in the page. And it's all hand now, right? It's not like car car designers now who use a lot, do everything on, you know, they draw yeah. it on computer screens, but that's, you don't do that yet. And uh, some do, but some at do. least personally, for me, I still, you know, use the old school uh, uh, nib pen where you dip it in ink and then you do a couple of lines and then you dip it again in the ink. Okay. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. And then that, that pen is wow. pretty cool That's because- Totally old school. <laughs> yeah, super old school, right? Oh, yeah. To where um, that, that single pen will give you a super thick line and also a super thin line oh, all in okay. one pen. And- uh, Wow, okay. Use brush, you know, to, to do a lot of areas that are bigger and stuff, but for fine detail work, we use that, that uh, curl quill. Uh, yeah, I'm running out of time, so I'm going to ask you two quick questions. Number one is, uh, what are the superheroes that you enjoy drawing the most, or drawing or inking the most? Sure, I think Batman, Superman, for sure. Those are so fun, and and the X Men. X Men, okay. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay. And those are the phones rounds. Which ones are your like favorite? As in, like, if, I think Batman. It's always Batman. Batman's Batman awesome, is, right? Because he doesn't have powers, and guys just yeah, he's not really the strongest. He doesn't have the crazy superpowers. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of superheroes can really, you know, beat this guy. But he just looks so <laughs> cool. <laughs> he just, he just has the best accountants. That's what yeah, he has. He's, <laughs> oh, he's a rich guy. So you're you're more of a DC guy than a Marvel guy, or are you both? I'm both. Both. I'm yeah. both. I love. I, I mean, they. Especially Marvel now that they're doing all those, you know, series. Yeah, the MCU. WandaVision like and uh, yeah. Falcon and the whole Avenger series. Now, do you, do we, do you, is there a John Sabal um, Batmobile? Uh, if you would envision, I mean, you would be the guy to design the next Batmobile to me. You know, so. <laughs> Interestingly enough, on the third volume of that Batman Earth One uh, that you have, uh, we I just only got volume that. one and volume two. I got to get volume three then. No, volume three is coming out this year. Oh, okay. That's why in, I don't. In, in July. Yeah. Um, we just finished. I just finished my part of it last mm. month or a couple months ago. Oh. And it's like a yeah, 155 page wow. book, I think. 
is, oh. is volume three the last one or is there is it going to keep going i'm not sure i think it could yeah. be the last one hey, this is a new york number one new york times bestseller too says on here so yeah it's awesome a pretty cool book and are you sure you can't buy a uh, mclaren f1 right now i mean <laughs> dude, <laughs> a best-selling book i'm gonna oh. need a few more stimulus check i think for that oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about a uh, graphic novel by John on one of your books, Sam? Oh, prototype. Yeah. I hey, think John. Great. <laughs> John, I don't know if you know this, but uh, maybe I'll email you and I'll get your address. But uh, I I wrote a novel, and it won an award. And this novel inside, there's a fictitious car in there, so it might be cool to have someone like envision something out of that. You know? That's pretty cool. Yeah. So sounds like a fun uh, project. Yeah. Well, I'll read the book. If you don't like the book, then you know, don't don't. But like, <laughs> you know. But it's a, it's a it's a lot of car stuff in there. I, uh, James, I don't think James James's dad has read it. Carl has read it, but you know James, he, he's. He, you know. I've heard oh, enough from Sam. I have, what no, I have no support from this guy, but it's okay. But, <laughs> but it, yeah, it did pretty well, and it's uh, and I um I'll, I'll 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 drop it here. But I just got signed to a two book two book deal with the uh, uh a new publisher, and my next novel is coming out uh, January twenty twenty one. So that's great. Congratulations. January twenty twenty one. Yeah, uh, 2022. I'm sorry. Yeah, next year. These things take a year, you know. I mean, once they get the manuscript, they say it's usually a year after that. So that was that was the deal with uh, my first book was called the prototype, but that was a deal with the prototype. And this next book, um, uh, uh, same thing. It, yeah, I just got the, the contract. I went over it and just signed it and sent it back. So, so do we know the name of the book? Out. Huh? What's the name of the second book? Uh, I don't know if Still... I, should, I don't know if I'm allowed to oh. say it. So oh, you can't I, I could tell you guys off air. I could tell John too off air. Uh, John, I'll probably email you and just get your address, whatever address I'll send you a book. Too, so. Most, <laughs> more importantly though, uh, Nigel McKeon is going to be making an appearance in that, isn't he right, Nigel, Sam? There is a person named Nigel in the, ah. in the story. Taro Kokito? No, remember I told you a person named Malena Sasha, but no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so anyways, John, that's story. that's awesome. Um, what um, What projects are you working on right now at this moment? Uh, comic book or cars? Uh, it's a comic book. We just finished that. Yeah, third, uh, third volume right. of uh, Batman Earth One. Earth One right. uh, for car stuff, we have um, a bunch of SEMA builds um, that's currently being uh, worked on right now. And um, we finished a couple of uh, Formula D cars. Uh, one oh, of them cool. is still in the works. So that's going to be, I think, um, wrapping up pretty soon. And, okay. uh, but yeah, uh, just a bunch of, I think more automotive projects than comic book projects at the moment, actually. Oh, wow. Which uh, drivers have you uh, designed their, their cars for? Can you tell, can you say? No, not yet? Uh, I'm not sure if I can say it. So just to be safe. Uh, you, you don't safe. say it. <laughs> safe. Yeah, okay, don't say it. That's, that's don't why say I, it. Didn't, I didn't say the title of my next book, just to be safe. <laughs> just to be safe. Well, I don't wanna get okay. fired. Yeah, well. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, great. Uh, great having you. And thanks for uh, being on the show, John. Um, where's the best place to uh, follow you and what, you, what you're up to? Sure. Uh, it's John Sabal on Instagram, at John Sabal, and same with Facebook. It's really all the same content. But, uh, I think Instagram would be the best way to, to get some of my new stuff. But uh, thanks again for having me on, guys. This is awesome. And I really appreciate the time. It was Thank awesome. You. Thank you. Thank you for uh, Thanks, being John. on the show.
And John, so, you're going to have to sign my uh, Batman Earth One, uh, the Earth One. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know. When we all right. Um, so, hey, John, we're going to move on to our next segment. You can stick around if you would like. Um, you're more than welcome. Uh, we're going to be talking shop, um, or um, you can just log off, and uh, uh, we'll we'll see you when this pandemic is finished. <laughs> Yeah, we'll do. But thanks again, guys. I got uh, another meeting I got to jump into. But uh, awesome! Please, thank you, John. Thanks for having me. You've been a hero, it. so. And uh, right. Sam, email me, dude. I will. I will. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. All right. Bye -bye. All right, John. Thank you. Cool. Well, that was kind of cool. You you got to get your book signed, Sam. I know. I told him. I told him. I got two. Yeah. Well, I got to get number three now when that thing comes out. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know you were, well, I know you're a Japanese comic book fan, but Good. I didn't Every, know you were. Any comic book I, I like, you know. Any kind of comic, comic book? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, since I was a kid, you know, I was, uh, and since I grew up here, yeah, yeah, Superman, Batman, Marvel, you know, all that stuff, so. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, of course, like, I think a lot of other people, I know, uh, I had a huge collection of them, right? Because I used to buy them all the time. I think when I was in high school or something, my mom threw them all away. Do you yeah, still like have any? There were, that, dude. Yeah, I know all there were some moms. really valuable. There were some valuable. Those are my baseball cards. There were some valuable ones in there too. All, Why did you have a Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball, baseball card as well? Baseball cards and comic, uh, comic. No, but I, I don't know if I might have. Yeah, I might have had a Ken Griffey Jr. I had these Steve Garvey ones, and you know, I mean, I had some. I had, a, I had like three hundred baseball cards. I had like over one hundred fifty comics. You know, I had all the know. you know some number ones and some X Men's. You know, so yeah. I had some great baseball cards, football cards. I and know. when we were moving back from Chicago to Japan, yeah, I came home one day yeah, and, and, like my, and my mom just like gave it away to some kid that, you know, came to the house because like, it was like hidden is, underneath. The, his name yeah, is now Jeff Bezos. I know. <laughs> I, I cried. <laughs> but yeah, I forgive you, I mom. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Who's, uh, who's reporting first today? Sam, you go first. Want me to go first? Okay. Well, I think uh, if anyone has seen, uh, just the, uh, before I start, I uh, just want to say things on the uh, forefront of the scoop stuff is uh, at kind of a, um, uh, it's kind of slowed down a bit. Uh, the stuff that I saw that people are talking about lately were in Japan were was the um, uh, possible comeback of the new Celica, right? And dude, we got we were all over that a couple <laughs> of weeks ago. So we're actually. <laughs> In front of some of the Japanese of Japan. magazines. Were yeah. they talking about yeah. it being a hatchback, Sam, or is it something else is, again? No, no, no. It's a hatchback. <laughs> <laughs> like it but always ninjas, was, James. It's a hatchback. There's a the hatch. Ninjas are taking a break. And it's on the back, and you lift the hatch. It's not a trunk or a boot, as you guys would say. It's a hatchback. So, but anyway, while we were uh, while we were just like hanging out waiting for info, uh, Lexus kind of had a very big um, uh, unveiling um, uh, just actually a few days ago. And why it was big, a, a lot of people think, oh, you know, Lexus is just another new concept car that there is. But actually, uh, this thing, uh, there's a little more to this uh, car. Uh, this one, and it's called the LFZ. And what it is, is, or the LFZ Electrified, uh, forgive me, LFZ Electrified. And of course it is a, uh, an all electric car. And with this car, they, Lexus uh, has uh, said they will introduce 20 new vehicle models 
including uh, PHEVs, HEVs, BEVs, I mean, all everything across the hybrid electric vehicle spectrum and, uh, you know, and everything will be diverse. So pretty much what I took that to mean is they're going after Tesla. Uh, I think they're, I think a lot of people are going after Tesla, uh, but uh, if you think about it, you know, when Tesla kind of became big, um, who did they take a lot of market share from? Yeah, Lexus. So I think this is a little payback, I hope, for um, 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 uh, Lexus uh, to, to make this announcement. And with this um, LFZ Electrified, uh, it has this thing is... Um, when is uh, this uh, thing uh, coming out, did they say? Uh, well, they say all of this stuff is 2025. 2025, that's right. Yeah. And uh, this, you know, this uh, LFC electrified, it, you know, it's got optimal placement of the battery and the electric motors, you know, uh, new four wheel drive uh, force control technology that they call it called direct the four, right? The electrified little logo in the back is kind of goofy, though. I think I don't, I don't Well, uh, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> it says it literally says electrified in the well, back. Well, it's car. electrified. That's why. Okay. So. I, I like I like the idea of you had just had a button that could press that and it would illuminate. So when you beat someone at the traffic lights, you could just flash it in their face afterwards. <laughs> right. That's what I like to have. Yeah. Right, right, You've right. been electrified. Exactly. That's what I like it for. So anyways, all these yeah, electric, electric variants and electric cars uh, by 2025. So they're uh, gonna go pretty hard after um, Tesla. And I think a lot of people, like I said before, are coming after Tesla, uh, you know, Porsche with the, you know, their uh, Taycan and, you know, uh, uh, GM, of course, they're going to go all electric. They, Mary Barra, the CEO, has announced that they'll be all electric in, you know, what, in 2030 or whatever. What about uh, that that new company called uh, Volkswagen? Okay, well, you heard about that, right? So, <laughs> so Volkswagen announced announced that they were uh, the U.S. version of Volkswagen was going to go by the name of Volkswagen, uh, as in volts, <laughs> as in electricity, just to kind of. Uh, promote their electric car um, 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 plans, but we hear it was an early April Fool's joke. And of course, they're not going to change their name Volkswagen to Volkswagen. I mean, it doesn't make sense, right? Because Volkswagen means in German, right? Volkswagen, right? People's people's, people's car. car. Yeah, yeah. So Volkswagen. Yeah. So that was a uh, April Fool's prank, supposedly, even though it wasn't even April Fool's yet. So. So, anyways, and the, by 2050, Lexus says they're going to go all carbon neutrality, you know, through the life cycle of their entire entire model range. So every single car will be by 2050, there won't be there will not be an, uh, an engine car, uh, you know, a gasoline engine. And 2050 is still a ways away. But, um, but here's the thing, guys, I mean, and you tell me what you think. I mean, you know, and Elon Musk said this too, hey, if you know, GM, all these, if we all are driving electric cars, there's not going to be enough electricity to power everyone's cars, you know? So what are we going to do gonna, about that? They're so, going to have to burn more coal to well, then, but then you're not carbon neutral, right? So <laughs> you're not, you know, I know. So yeah. So, you know, so I, I really think fuel cells are really one of the uh, major, you know, ways to, uh, ways to go because, you know, the emission and everything is water, you know, and, but, uh, and producing hydrogen, I hear it could be done pretty cleanly. So, 
So that's one way. And then, of course, you, you know, but I don't know if we'll have enough wind power, you know, solar power, um, um, you know, uh, hydropower to, to do all this. I mean, nuclear is another one, but then, you know, you know, the bad connotation nuclear energy has. So, you know, I think there's going to be a um, um, problem uh, once, you know, a lot of electric vehicles uh, start driving on the road, you know, so. And right now, uh, hey, you guys, I want to ask you guys, are you guys ready to um, um, abandon your uh, gasoline-powered vehicles and go all electric? Can you? James, you are. A lot of people are, James, you know. James but, is nodding. Yeah, James is nodding. And, and what about you? I, I don't know if I am. I, You know, I, I don't need the range anxiety. I mean, I know the charging times are a lot quicker now, and I know, you know, they have 250-mile range, but... Dude, there's sometimes where you know, I mean, I need, I need that, you know, I need, I need that gasoline powered range, and you know, because I drive to LA downtown. Sometimes I have to make two two trips to downtown, you know, from where I am in Orange County. So, um, and James, you're in Pasadena. I mean, you know, you you drive, you used to drive around a lot before the COVID. James thing, is not you? in Pasadena. Oh, not Pasadena, Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood. Sorry, Hollywood, Hollywood. I always think you're. Yeah, I, I corrected myself without anyone telling me. So. So James, I mean, you, you tell me why you can go all electric. Why you could why you can own this car right here, the LFZ Electrified. Well, I mean, I I have absolutely zero issues with electricery uh, mm -hmm. and electric cars. Um, I think that it's totally viable to have a car. I mean, on the few times that I drive more than three hundred miles in a day, mm -hmm. then I would need it. But uh, in the last year. And I've done that. If we're going by the last year, there was only one week where I drew, uh, I drove more than 300 miles every day where I would have needed this. That was when I did my, my road trip of sorts. Right. So right, until right. then, there was absolutely no need. And even, right. even if I'd done the more trips in a regular year, we're actually able to go different places. There would have only been a handful more of times. I mean, I could drive this to Vegas. That's 300 miles, plug it in and go. I don't know if you can drive it to Vegas because you got to remember that's all numbers without air conditioning, you know, lights, you know, all that stuff. And air conditioning is going to zap you quite a bit. That's going to take your 250 down to probably about 150. You know what well, I'm saying? They've got a, you can get a Tesla that just drives you to Vegas. So if Tesla can do it, <laughs> everyone else can do it. I don't have a problem with that. So there's that. I can tip it to San Francisco. I mean, the goal, the plan is that they're basically designing this so you can take a trip from Los Angeles to San Francisco. That's what they say their key demographic is. That, 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 that's a good number. That's a, that makes a lot of sense. So so that's, that's, a, that's a seven hour day, seven, eight hour day. So, so that's, that's what Jaguar based theirs on. It's what uh, Genesis built their new EV concept on. That is actually what they'll say. If you talk to the, exec, the marketing people, they'll say the goal of this car is, is to drive an individual from the Bay Area to Los Angeles that's our target market and target demographic is the US. So I don't need to go any more than that in a day. That's and more how than enough often for me. Do you drive to San Francisco. I haven't driven to San Francisco in ages. So, you know, so point, with yeah. that, I mean, this car as well, I mean, aside from obviously the concept car wheels and right. as Tara mentions, the, the electrified badge on the back. <laughs> and the, I think, I think for me, the good looking car, the grill is a little off for me. I'm just not such a fan it's of the It's a concept grill. car grill, if you ask me. Yeah, so that's what I mean. It's the concept car grill matches the concept car wheels, matches the concept car um, back. But if you look at the, if I could try and figure out where it is, the side profile on this, I think it's really pretty. And it's really close to what their RX series of cars is now. It's like a mashup oh, yeah. of their 
it's uh, a little take, sportier, huh? With the whole, yeah. you know, the steeply raked a, a pillar and stuff. But yeah, I like so that. I think yeah. yeah, I think the taking the a pillar, for example, I think that's really sort of reminiscent from taking the top half of say an RCF mm-hmm. uh, and marrying it to the bottom of what an SUV would be of sorts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's where I see. I mean, I think it's a good looking car. Me too. I really like it. I mean, yeah, I, I don't I know like how how much headroom there would be inside just because how steeply raked that and low the roof is, but. Yeah, yeah the A pillar might have to be angled a little bit, you know, upwards I a little bit. But I wouldn't be surprised if when they do the seating of it, that it's got no problems in the back when you look at it there for that second person, the head would be coming yeah. up about yeah. there. So I think you just lose the storage in the back here with the space. But then, I mean, you've got to ask a question, how much space is going to be up front um, in regards to it? So... They might give what you lose in the back for space for luggage, for example, in the back, you might get more space for like a small carrier in the front of the car. Probably so, because, yeah, it's their motors and batteries probably on the floor. So Exactly. So yeah. I think that, the, that there's going to be enough room to seat and it'll probably seat four because that's where they sort of go in this demographic, uh, the high end, uh, two seats in the front, two at the back. Um, and I think it'll be, I mean, I think it's lovely. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I think yeah, so. I like it too. I think it's a great so good so we like what lexus and toyota are are doing here um yeah yeah and i, I mean think... even even like the spindle grill i'm not really a fan of it but if it's like this it looks it looks okay though you know yeah it's, it's, not, it's uh, yeah it's a little it's still, spindler, yeah i will there. say that that grill looks very easy to clean because it looks very just straightforward you can just wipe it straight down i mean unless, I like unless idea, it's but... got all kinds of little you know patterns that's, or something and that that's what the microfiber see. cloth is for sammy just like get straight in there and just rub it all out it's fine spray and wipe just spray. i know you know, I know. James, you know me i have people do that for me that's I what i was gonna say myself. you don't know this sam because your team does that for you exactly. or they outsource exactly. it. whereas me on the other hand i'd have to get in there and give it the old uh, uh, wax okay. on wax off treatment yeah i gotta do it myself <laughs> so all right so anyways up, that's though. the uh that's the lexus um that dropped a couple days ago. So, and um, not only is the uh, the LFZ electrified the story, the whole story is that Lexus is going pretty much aggressively electric, and I think aggressively going after Tesla, who's uh, I think market value is probably you know is bigger than anyone out there right now. So, I think also that uh, Lexus are also distinctly going after the European brands as well. Obviously, Audi's been very prominent in exactly, their push towards electrification. Right. Yeah, with their e-tron range. Yeah. Um, I think so. I think honestly, as opposed to Tesla, I think Lexus that's going to be their one that they're focusing on is Etron. Mm-hmm. I think that's their target demographic. Yeah, well, they're you know they're coming out with a series of cars, you know, not just this one. So mm-hmm. they're you know they're, I, I, they might be thinking they might be the new guys to lead the way. So, but yeah, it's exciting. We'll see. And I think Lexus is a, a good brand to do it with. You know, it's a premier upmarket brand. It's got the Lexus Toyota. Um, uh, reputation. So, I think I think if out of all the Japanese car brands, I think Lexus is in the best position to do something like this. So, definitely. Okay, so that's that's it with me. Uh, unless uh, we want to go through the uh, my. Let's go. Let's go, Sam. Let's okay, go. So, so let's do this. Let's uh, let's do a little review. We'll start with fifty, and we'll just boom, 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 and then once we hit forty-five, I will start uh asking you guys what you guys think so um so we did 50 to 45 we did we did 50 these to 44 so yeah, 50 so. to 46 we did Sam. 46 yeah so yeah. uh 50 was the toyota celica uh this celica coupe the rear drive one 
48 was the Honda CRZ, as we see, the oh, no first way. hybrid sports car. Um, and Honda was brave enough to do it. And I, I, they get awarded for being in this top 50. Uh, 48 was Suzuki Swift Sport, a car we did not get to, too familiar with in the US, but it is just an absolute blast to drive. Um, 47 is the Lexus RCF, kind of a, a little upmarket, um, uh, upscale GT uh, with, a lot of, with a lot of horsepower, naturally aspirated horsepower, uh, which I really enjoy driving. Uh, 46 is Mitsubishi FTO, kind of a, uh, a unicorn of sorts uh, that was only uh, marketed in Japan. And then uh, now number 45 is the Honda Beat. Guys, uh, let me just ask you, first of all, do you guys remember this car? Because uh, it wasn't sold here. And two, does it belong in the, in, in, it would have belong in your top 50 because it's number 45 in mine. Oh, um, I remember this car. Yeah, I remember this car. Did you sure. have you have either uh, of you driven it? I've, I have I've never driven this car though. Oh, okay. It, I've not driven this one, but I'd like to drive this one, uh, the cappuccino and the autism. I think it's three that I'd Very like good. to give it. Uh, another one you should add to that list, um, uh, James, is the Daihatsu Copen. Of course, yeah, but they still manufacture that one though, right? That's, that is correct. So that I suppose they're going with three ones that uh, yeah. they don't make anymore. So to, to me, them. it was between the cappuccino, the copen, or the beat to put put a K car in here. And I chose this one uh, because number one, uh, it, it's it, what's cool about it. It's, it's, a, it's mid engine, man. You know, I mean, who would think about making a little K car, you know, which is the 660 CC engine and, you know, has the dimensions has to fit in a box. So it could be only so big. And they made it into, into a mid engine car, which is awesome. I thought, so it's only 130 inches long guys. So that means, you know, uh, a Ford Transit has a 130-inch wheelbase. So this thing would fit, like, right in between the wheelbase of a Ford Transit. That's how small this car is. Uh, Sam, um, you've obviously, I'm guessing you've driven this, though, right? Yes, I've driven, yeah. Um, how is it for sizing? Because from what I've only heard, is well, it's a little tight and that the Suzuki Cappuccino was better for normal-sized people. I think so, because, uh, but, because I, when we drove this, we drove this in Japan, uh, Japan and, uh, one of my colleagues was a, a much bigger guy than me. He was taller and, you know, he weighed like a lot, lot more. He fit in the cappuccino fine, but he, he wasn't very comfortable in this. So yeah, you're right. The cappuccino did have a, have a little more space, but there's plenty of space in this. It's, and especially it's a, it's a convertible, but you know, even with the top up, it was fine for me. Uh, yeah, it's snug, but it's supposed to be, it's a K car, right? But, uh, oh, it's, it's an absolute hoot to drive. You know, it only has, what, 63 horsepower, you know, coming from that uh, 660, uh, or it's 656, I think, CC engine. But uh, uh, the thing revs to 8,100 RPM. That 63 horsepower comes at 8,100 RPM. So it's a little, you know, it's a little screaming motor, you know. Um, but Taro, you didn't, you, you never drove this, huh, while you were in Japan? No, no, I never, I never got the chance to drive this car. Or, or, you, 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 or you just didn't do K cars. I didn't do K cars. Yeah, K cars, you know, I mean, it's not like they're not really very prestigious, right? Or anything. Well, but, yeah, not, not, yeah, not because of the prestige, but it's just like when you have other cards, like when you're living in Japan, you have other, so many other options, especially yeah. this era, right? Yeah, yeah. It was Honda was coming out with so many other cars at the time, you know, they had Civics and Integras, and mm -hmm. it was just like, why, why go K, you know? That, that was the thing. 
Yeah. Well, this one is a is definitely not going to be your only car. You know, uh, the yeah, way it drove, yeah. and it was a you know, like I said, it's mid engine, rear rear wheel drive, so it was kind of a you know, an enthusiast version of the K car. So, mm-hmm. anyways, that's why I put this at number forty five. I thought it was kind of a, a a little you know a mini NSX, if you will. You know, so uh, uh, it's like a mini S two thousand, right? Well, the S two thousand was front engine. Yeah, oh, so well, yeah, that's yeah. true. It's, it's be, a, this, this is mid-engine, so yeah, yeah, so that's why. So, okay, and uh, I guess neither of you have too much uh, um, experience or you know memories with this car, so we'll just go straight to the next one. The next one, I think, uh, is a lot more. Uh, it is the Honda Acura Integra, and guys, I, I'm just doing the whole Integra line because. You know, there's there's been a few, but but I want to do the Type R. I didn't put the Type R in there, and mm-hmm. you know the whole Integra right was uh, produced from '86 to 2006, so that's kind of right after. You know, we got our driver's licenses, right, guys? So yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the uh, the bubble, well, I'm not, the bubble I'm not, era of Japan. I'm not quite that old, Sam. So my driver's license didn't come in till much later. Oh, okay. I, I beg your pardon. But anyways, um, but you know, Integras. Everyone drove Integras almost, or everyone knew who someone who drove Integras, right? Carl, you did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. How yeah. about I you, didn't James? Have one, but my friend had one for sure. Yeah. How about uh, you, James? You like when you were in Britain? I mean, were, were there Integras out on the road? I think they're oh, Hondas over there, right? They're not Acuras. That's then that's correct. They're Honda Integras, yes. But I mean, they did have them in England and Australia. But mm-hmm. funnily enough, I think I only knew one person with an Integra. Um, and really? that was actually after I left Australia and was living in Japan that they actually got the Integra. Mm, okay. Well, this, so, uh, the Integra line was produced, like I said, from 86 all the way to 2006. So that's not that far, far back. Uh, and if Michael you guys J. remember, Fox the US was the, in a commercial. Who? Michael J. Fox was in an Integra commercial in Japan. Oh, he was? Oh. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was like, this was like around the time, you know. Uh, back to the Future, Back right? to the Future came oh, out yeah. and... And he was uh, in the, in a Integra commercial. Wow! And it was yeah. I mean, they had a lot of Hollywood movie stars doing car commercials back then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, remember? Like Bruce Willis. I go, what? What's he doing in Bruce, a super commercial? Yeah. In, in Tara. Yeah. Would you said that uh, Michael J. Fox was integral to the role of the Integra played then? Oh man, is 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 this a pun? Uh, is this a pun? I'm very <laughs> punny today. Moving on, uh, <laughs> if you guys remember the US, the third generation model had those little bug eyes. Remember those? Those little small yeah, yeah. headlights? God, yeah. I thought those were ugly. That was the US Justin version. Justin has one. Justin it, has one. Who does? <laughs> Justin who does? Kaler. Justin. Oh, sorry, Justin. He has one. <laughs> with, the, with the little bug eyes? Yeah. He has oh, a Type okay. R. Well, I, I'll US. go easy on it then. Okay. I, I didn't like that design too much. But the first this Type is R. The, huh? This is the DC5, right? This is the, very good, Taro. This is right. the DC5. Very good. Yeah. So the first Type okay. R came in 1995 with the third generation Integra model, right? That came with a 197 horsepower engine. And uh, this is the fourth uh, generation Integra model, which is the DC5, like you said. Mm-hmm. And it came with a, K20, a, 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 a K20A engine. A. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, that produced uh, 220 horsepower. It's a, it was a two yeah. liter inline four with IV tech. And uh, despite being front wheel drive, uh, you know, this, the Type R's did battle with some, um, uh, they, they, those were, they were in a lot of option 
magazines and best, best, best motoring, motoring too. Yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah. So this, we tested this car this a lot is, in Japan. So yeah, so this the the Integra Type R, especially the Japanese JDM model, uh, was a very very formidable car, and it's number forty four on our list. So yeah, there you go. Uh, are you guys spoon, okay with uh, this? Go ahead. The Spoon DC five was was a uh, very very popular on our hot version videos. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. It was a really cool car too. It was, and it was fast, wasn't it? As fast, it's, it's, it's a small really fast. Car with, you know, it's got two hundred twenty horsepower. That's mm -hmm. that yeah. Big. I yeah. drove, okay. I drove one of these uh, press vehicles in Japan. Um, oh, you did drive this, this one. Yeah, yeah, the DC five uh, Type yeah. R yeah, in Japan. Um, it was, it was fast and it was fun. It was really, really fun. Okay, so thumbs up from Taro. Uh, yes, James, sure. you, you, you've never driven the Integra, right? I have not, but I did like, unlike you, Sam, I did like the styling of the third gen. Um, but what oh, wait, I really- Wait, wait, you mean the US third gen or the- Oh, the Japan third gen. Uh, the th Japan third gen is, a, is fine. It's, I'm, okay. I'm talking about the US third gen. Okay, US third okay. Gen well, is, yeah, yeah. So Japan third gen is the one I'm a fan of, but I, what I really yeah. liked was the Type R version came with the red seats. And I really I really dug the idea of having a different color, red, the red seats in there. And that's why I always thought it was so appealing. So anyways, usually uh, in this top 50 list, I'll, you know, uh, I'll separate out some of the models, you know, uh, uh, or some of the um, um, uh, variants from, you know, from different model years. But on this one, I just, since, you know, it's, it was only like three generations, uh, I just said, okay, we're just going to do the accurate integra type R at number 44. So, Sam, it's your list. You could do whatever you like on the list. I Thank you, James. That's what I was hoping you would say. I mean, it's wrong, but you could do whatever you want. It's not wrong. Okay. So, anyways. <laughs> Uh, let's go to our next one, number 43. Number four. Notice at the top of the screen here, uh, James, it says Toyota Celica Coupe. So you... <laughs> what? What, what do you say? At the top of the screen there. Oh, forget My about screen? it. People oh. can't see it anyway. <laughs> okay. Don't point it out. Number 43. Okay, number, number 43. 43. Toyota Supra, okay, the A70, okay, the reason I picked this one is, and this one is the third generation supermodel, but the reason I picked this one is this, at the third generation model, it lost the name Celica from its designation, because yeah. it was always called the Celica Supra. Celica this, Supra, yeah. Yeah, and this is the first one that um, is called the, just the Toyota Supra, the A70. And uh, mm -hmm. to be honest, the second gen model was, you know, first to really look very like, like it's almost like a supercar, you know, with the pop-up lights and you know, but but because I I chose this one because it was its own brand. Um, 1987, I think, was when this thing came out. So, do you guys remember this car at all? Yeah, this is a. Uh, do you remember when the Supra came out? When the Celica, yeah. the, the the you know the the, the one before Celica Supra. Yeah, the, yeah, it was awesome, wasn't it? I just go, Whoa, yeah, yeah. Is that a Ferrari? Or is that a Supra? No, I didn't think I didn't say that. Well. You know, we're totally dating ourselves, Sam. But this it's is okay. like, you know, this is um, history, man. You know, high school, college. I yeah, mean, this, I was this like, thing was awesome. School, I mean, high yeah, school. yeah. Well, I mean, the Celica Supra was the Supra was the uh, the high end, you know, tier for the Celica, and then they branched it out to its own as its own car when it and it came out as the Toyota Supra. I mean, this car was. I mean, I, I thought it was beautiful when it came out. Me too. I mean, this is one of the cars that st stands out when I like saw it on the road. Like, what the heck was that? You know. So mm -hmm. yeah. I go, it's Toyota. Oh my God. You know. So, yeah. uh, any memories for you, James? 
not uh, funnily enough not particularly it's just this is one that just doesn't sort of stand out for me if that makes sense okay. i think i might be because i'm a little younger than you two old fellas um so i'm that not as in tune with these vintage cars like you are vintage. i'm more hip <laughs> and with it when nostalgic cars the, let's call them nostalgic uh, the youth <laughs> So it's not, I mean, for me, it's just, it's one that I'm sort of like, I'm, it's, uh, the Mark IV is one that more stands out for me than the Mark III, if that makes sense. So yeah, I'll let you guys have your moment. But, you know, I'll let you have totally your moment with this car. His time. Yeah, this is, Sam, this is like totally before James's time. James is freaking the younger generation. So anyways, this thing uh, came with this, it's a rear wheel drive car, came with a three liter inline six. Inline six now. It's hatchback. Really it's a hatchback, right, Sam? Yes, it, it is. is Look hatchback. at that hatch. Uh, Two hundred by nineteen eighty-seven, which is the uh, the the car I'm picking. I forgot to put turbo in there, but they offered a turbocharged version of uh, of this car that had two hundred thirty-two horsepower. And this uh, car came with all kinds of new technology, you know, like ABS, um, uh, uh, driver settings for the uh, the the, the uh, power. Um, damper rates, you could adjust the damper rates. So um, it was kind of a car that uh, really brought the high tech into uh, uh, normal people's hands, even though, you know, it was, uh, it, was still, it was still pretty expensive at that time. It was about $23,000, I think. Um, but when you think about what the European cars, you know, the sports cars were selling for around then, it, it, was, it was a bargain. So anyways, that's why I put this thing in. Number 43, it made the top 50 at the Toyota Supra a, a Turbo A70, so. Love it. Yep. Okay. Thumbs up. And number 42, moving on, is a car that is, oh, like yes, unicorn. the unicorn, yes. Um, <laughs> this is uh, the SVX, the Subaru SVX, which is a car, I think, is a car that was totally ahead of its time. And it was so far of its, head of its time that it didn't sell that much, but. <laughs> it had the window within a window. That was the really cool thing uh, about yeah. it. So, you know, which, uh, you know, really uh, cut down on buffeting. And um, I, we had, I drove one for a year, believe it or not. And so I had one, one of these for a year. Oh, and, you owned uh, one? No, it was a long-term car at road track. So, oh, okay. <laughs> but I but I had to take care of it. And I, oh, I loved it, man. Uh, the styling, it's, it doesn't look like a, any Subaru before it. Or after it, I, I, I would say it was a pen by Giugiaro, right? Uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, of Italian the design, Italian design fame, um, and uh, came with a you know a flat six, three liter flat six, and then guys, how many other cars in the world I think had a, a, a six cylinder uh, flat engine? Only one, you know, and I think that's the Porsche Porsche nine eleven. So it was in good company. Uh, 231 horsepower, but um, do you remember this one, Taro, at all? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. I, I thought it was... Did you uh, ever, yeah, did you ever say, oh, I, I kind of want one? No, I never, <laughs> I never thought I wanted it. Uh -huh. Like, you know, like the Supra I wanted. Um, right. But this car was like more of like a car from the future. You know, it looked, it, it really was, looked like a car from was. the future when it came out. Car yeah. before it's time, yeah. James, but uh, yeah, never wanted. I mean, <laughs> I I like this car. I think it's a good. I like the design of it, and I agree, I agree with everyone else that says this is a car that was ahead of its time. I will say the only thing that I don't think was ahead of its time 
was the wheels. I'm still not a fan of the You're wheels. You're a big wheels guy. Yeah, you, I you am. do look at the wheels. Yeah. And there definitely needs to, I mean, there's a big gap at that back section there where that wheel should have been fitting it out more. But other than that, I think it certainly is a great design in that, in that sense, if that makes sense. I do like this car. And it drove well. I mean, I think it only came in a automatic. So that was, you know, but it was to me a true GT. Uh, it was kind of heavy at the time, but, you know, 3,500 pounds. So zero to 60 was only uh, about seven seconds. But you know, they sold 14,000 of these in the U.S., which I can't believe. And I, I, I haven't seen any driving around, right, for the last 20 years or so. I mean, do you ever see one of these? It'd be neat to see one. I can't, I can't remember the last time I saw one of these. <laughs> so, in uh, the wild. It, was, yeah, it was introduced in 91, so it was a while back. And I think it sold for about $25,000, so which was kind of expensive for, you know, a Japanese car. But as you know, we said, it was... It was a car ahead of its time. It's all-wheel drive, you know, Subaru, all-wheel drive. I think they offered a front-wheel drive one afterwards. But anyways, I thought it was good enough uh, to hit 42 in my um To in make my the Samitani list. Yes, sir. So we have one more car to do today. And another Honda. I'm not oh, even yeah. a Honda guy. But now... Uh, one of a few Civic Type R's, or a couple Civic Type R's that to make this list, and this one is the FD2 Civic Type R, which is based on the eighth gen Civic. And since it came out, you know, uh, what year do I have that? Yeah, it's, it's in the 2000s. So you guys all remember this car, correct? Yes, no? we do, clearly, yeah. Oh yeah, Taro, you, I mean, you probably, this is- This is a new this. one. I mean, this is- Yeah, a, it's yeah, pretty I mean, new. When I think best, of, yeah, when I think of Honda Civic Type R, I don't, I don't think of the FD2. I mean, I, I think of, you know, older Wait. ones. Oh, older older than this? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, this is yeah. the, this is still the only the third Civic Type R offered, you know that. You know, the first Type R was based mm -hmm. on the sixth gen model, you know, the, the EK9. And then came yeah. the EP3, and then this one. So it's still the third, just the third one. Yeah. Okay. Well, the I, reason I, I, I picked the EK. Oh, okay. The EK. Yeah. Well, that was the first one. So, and the reason yeah. I picked this one is because I, I I like the looks better. Number one, and it was the first four door Type R. So this wasn't this, James a hatchback like the others. So this is the one you raced too with Spoon. It was it the FD2? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. So. So that's that's probably another reason, and I, I like the spoon version too, and the Mugen version is pretty awesome too. So, uh, and you, I don't know if you guys remember, but at the same time, uh, you know, this car was not marketed in the U.S. But at, so at the same time, Europe had a Type R, but it totally looked different. They called it the FN2. Do you remember that one? Mm -hmm. I think well, England yep. had. I think it was mainly sold in Britain, right, James? Yeah, the one with my... the Union Jack in the back. No, there's yes. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It had a Union oh, Jack in the back. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that and I, I did. I, I like the looks of this one better than the one because I think the the FN two was a uh, was still a hatchback, wasn't it, James? It was. As yeah. uh, and so my cousin actually had one, and that was his favorite car he's ever owned. He still misses it to this day and talks about how much he enjoyed that Civic. He would have liked this one better because this thing had about twenty five more horsepower than the one in the. Uh, the European Type R one, but I remember reading about the European one, the FN2 and, you know, Evo in those uh, British magazines, and yeah, it's, you know, everyone loved it, you know, mm -hmm. so. And this car was a, a significant improvement over the DC5, the Integra that we just covered, because, uh, it, you know, it was kind of built on the same platform, but this one was way more rigid, 
and had all kinds of aluminum on it. And uh, it was a set, it was a, at least, I think a second faster around Tsukuba than the uh, uh, Tsukuba circuit, right? Or, uh, than the DC5B. Uh, and only they only made 13,000 units of the uh, Type R of this one. So uh, it's, it's not like it's, uh, you know, it flooded the, uh, flooded the marketplace. So anyways, this is a uh, number 41. Um, you guys like, you guys like this car, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So Civic Type R, I'm all about it. Okay, I like so the Integra there you have more, it. though. It's a little bit What's bigger, that? so I like the I like the Integra Type R better for for some reason. Um, mm, but this one's faster because, because I because you're I've older, Carl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, and I'm, it's it's a little bit bigger, and I've, I've it's probably because I've driven the Integra Type R more than the Civic Type R. I've driven the the Civic Type R as well, but but this Civic Type R is quite a bit quicker than the DC. Yeah, Type yeah. R, So. But yeah, it's not all about speed, is it, Carl? No. 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 Okay. But anyways, that's up. Uh, that's up to number forty-one. So, uh, and if any, you know, if you guys are interested in seeing the rest of the list, let us know. If you guys have no interest in it, we could just stop at forty-one. So we'll see what kind of uh, feedback we get on that, Carl. Uh, we, we can't let we can't let our viewers just have to hang in at forty-one, though. Well, we yes, we can. It could be just my little, <laughs> my little tinker, but well, if they don't care, you know, I don't do anything they don't care so uh, taro it's sam's list if sam wants to go from 41 to 2 he can it says he can do what he wants on it but oh, but wait 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 okay i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask you guys um, um honestly now are you guys kind of wondering are you guys curious of what else is on the list as we get closer to one i'll let you go first taro with your oh, diplomatic that's, not answer. A, that's not a good sign james <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah sure i'm i'm curious i would uh, love to know what you have I just don't like the, 40 the, 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 the. I mean, I don't like. I just. I'm curious to find can't you, of that. Can't you, I'm, can't you hear I'm the curious. enthusiasm? Yeah, I just. Don't. I was. I just think I'm more curious to find out which cars he calls hatchbacks or not, and then I'm more as opposed to being more perplexed that's by just, the, just the numbering of his system. You're insulting my top fifty list. My God. Okay, who's next? Oh, I'm. I'm interested. Oh. I'm interested to see what. Uh, what. What. What do you think? Where your favorite your... car might ring. So. And, but you know, if anything, it'll be a history lesson because there's there's going to be some old cars in that thing. But they yeah, are I'm all sure enthusiast cars. I've heard of some of these cars. Yeah. yeah, they are all enthusiast cars. So you're not going to get you know some of those 1930s big Nissan you know sedans or anything like that. These are all enthusiast cars. Would you like me to go to my review next or to the motorsports? Which one? I'll let you guys pick. James, Either. go to uh, go. Let's do your review and your motorsports. Report. Perfect. All right. So last week I had the option to basically go anywhere, but go anywhere in absolute comfort and style because I had the 2021 Toyota Land Cruiser. Dude, mm -hmm. now I'm jealous. Nice. Um, I mean, I must say that uh, while we talked, I talked about the Forerunner, and I felt that in the Forerunner I could go anywhere to be it surfing or skiing or snowboarding or anything like that. In this, I felt like I had to go anywhere, but then arrive in a suit going to a dinner party. That's how comfortable it was on the inside. Wow. Um, it was you a took truly. It up to the rough, you took up the uh, took it up to the rough hills of Hollywood. Uh, of, by if I took it <laughs> to, <laughs> but, uh, to Ralph's, then yes, I did exactly that. That's exactly where things go these days. But this Sunset is actually Boulevard. This is this is actually taken on Sunset Boulevard. You might not recognize it because you two don't get out here this much, but uh, 
This is what it looks like now post-pandemic on Sunset Boulevard with the restrictions wow. being lifted. Wow. It looks like the wow. apocalypse right there. Yeah, and then this is honestly what Hollywood Boulevard looks like now with all the construction <laughs> going on. So uh, you could even see my fingerprints there on the, when I had to like get in the car. So, I mean, oh I God. really did enjoy it. But the question I will These have These are is, your photos, James. Come on. What do you mean, Sam? These are definitely but my with photos. that lighting? No, no, you can't do that. That's, um, that's, past so, your, that's past your skill level. Good, what good. I will say, though, that the, the Toyota Land Cruiser in its final year does come in at a pretty hefty price point. I mean, okay, this is yes. a 2021. One. Yeah, yeah, this is the last year, year because everything is going to go LX after this, right? Yeah. Lexus LX. But there's a lot of luxury. I mean, this is the what spec I had with the two TVs in wow. the back with the remote control. Oh my God, your dog got to see all the puppy shows in the world. All the, all the puppy shows, exactly. Um, but this was $92,000. <gasps> oh my God, for a Toyota. $92,000. Is that but, the most expensive? Wow. <laughs> most it, expensive Toyota? Wow. It is. Very. It is the most expensive wow. one. But the, it was, I mean, the, that's why I meant. I felt like a, that's why <laughs> yeah. I felt I could I have know. to get out in my dinner jacket or my suit because, or my tuxedo because it was so luxurious. Yeah, um, yeah look at it. Better be. And, uh, but then you could go anywhere. I didn't, I felt more, much more refined and comfortable and secure in this if I was going off-road in a brief like running over curbs that I did than I did in the Forerunner. Where the Forerunner, I felt I could do go anywhere. I was still with the body on frame, rocking backwards and forwards and stopping left and right. This did none of that. It was it had all those whiz-bang features and then some, but it felt much more refined. The best thing and the highlight of this um, was this center console here, which had a chiller in so I could take my okay. chilled food and then drive to the top of the sand dunes and then just nibble on my cheese and crackers. It was so enjoyable. Um, <laughs> that is why it is $92,000 and why I think if you want to show off in your four-wheel drive, I mean, this is the one. Uh, this is a proper yeah. four-wheel drive that will go anywhere. I mean, oh, I could, it's it is it's it's a it's body on frame. It's a frame construction, right? So I mean, yeah. you could yeah. you can while the other ones Either out body. there like the X5s and the sixty the MG seventy sixty threes and so forth that are at the same price point are more luxurious. As soon as you take them off road, I mean, they're right. not off road. This it, it's just your having, Range Rover. It's just it's like a Range Rover. Japanese you could drag them out, but this would be let's be honest. This is a lot more reliable than a Range Rover. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, when you want to do your safari rally, you get in your Toyota Land Cruiser V8. So I had a lot of fun with it, but the $92,000 price is very expensive. Now, is that third row seat um, optional or is that like standard? It comes with that third row seat that you can like push up to the, to the sides. So currently they only have two versions for sale. The standard version um, comes mm -hmm. with a third row of seats. The Heritage version uh, comes with only the t uh, with two rows of seats. So depending on which model okay. you buy, the Heritage version is a little more expensive, but you I get see. a few other accoutrements like nicer, I thought nicer wheels, uh, roof rack, etc. Was it so the ninety two K is the Heritage without the the no the ninety two K is the standard version with the TVs. Oh okay, got it. So, so wow. it's like with the TVs, it's ninety two. Without it, it was like. 85 plus delivery and destination to put it at 87. The heritage started, I think, at like 86 or 87, I think, at low 87. I went to like 91 without the TVs with, with delivery and so forth and tax. The RAM was still a little more impressive for you, right, James? 
Um, I definitely don't think I could go in the Ram where I could go in the Land Cruiser. Really? The Ram is pretty, you know, I don't know. I, I felt much more confident in the Land Cruiser when I was taking going over curbs and so forth than I would in the Ram. But the Ram <laughs> also <laughs> had a lot more room in the back. But mm. for all its 12 cup holders, it did not have a chiller where I could put my cheese into right. chill. That's right. So no chiller in the Ram. And to be fair as well, though, Sam, the, the Ram, Ram was... 60 grams, right? No, it was in its mid-80s. Oh, that was mid-80s, that Ram? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like there was much price difference oh at that end. I mean, God. you're talking less than, less oh than 5K God. at that wow. point. And so it was really... Uh, uh, how but, many liters is the sense. engine on this thing? So five uh, or is it 4.7? 4.7. Yeah, 4.7. Yeah. 300 and some horsepower. So it's... Uh, the other thing about this, you just feel like you're in a tank when you're driving it on the road mm -hmm. so if anyone you know and sometimes people sort of like annoy you a little bit when you drive if you gently uh, understandably occasionally like wander into a lane just to let someone know you're bigger than them and looking down on them you can do that comfortably in this car it's very and people like know to like stay out of your way kind of thing mm, kind of like a a brute in a tux you know just a gentleman exact that's gentleman it's like brute. james bond james <laughs> yeah. bond you get this is what you want to do but uh, so that was have the, all of the uh, the high tech amenities of um, you know like lane change like sensors and um, all those all those kind of things. Yeah, that, I mean that's basically standard in every Toyota now that comes everything, through as a package. Everything, yeah. I mean everything a, you can imagine yeah. the beeps, the right. whistles, everything that comes through. On that. Everything. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I mean I I like this one as the car just because I think it's got so luxurious. It'll be sad to see it go, but it'd be interesting to see where they come back with with a vehicle of this sort. Well, um, I mean, Lexus, like a, right? I mean, th these are going to be Lexuses. Well, the, the idea, I think, though, Sam, of having the like the total like ability to go anywhere, do anything sort of technology mm. with that luxury. So we'll see. I don't know if that Lexus, that the L, uh, the LZ, for example, would have that sort oh, of all-wheel drive capabilities. Okay. Um, so that was my review. I did really enjoy the Land Cruiser. And now this, as we go to my, um, I'll share my motorsports to, to touch on. Yeah, we have the Formula One race. We do, but first of all, let's get to Tsunoda, this. Tsunoda, Japanese guy, did pretty good. Um, this picture or this video that was on the Motorsport Instagram mm -hmm. page basically expressed my weekend, and this is how I feel if the wife was taking video of me. This is how I looked this weekend. This is how excited <laughs> I was that the racing was back on. This was me, and I was just so happy in my element. I was over the moon. Actually, that could be you. <laughs> looks like a little James. It, it's is been that a kid at a uh, MotoGP race or something? He is because is... he's wearing his doctor T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Valentino yeah. Rossi T-shirt. Val Valentino Rossi T-shirt. The yeah, Qatar uh, round one was this this past weekend as well. Qatar. Correct. Yeah. So we had first of all, we obviously had the Formula One that came in. Yeah. Um, as I said, I thought uh, in our preview two weeks ago that it'll be very close but Mercedes-Benz is still going to take it. And I was right, funnily enough. Whereas yes. well, I think... one race, but I think you're right too, though. But uh, Max Verstappen definitely had the faster car, but I think the better driver won. Um, mm -hmm. Could be. Yeah. I think that was this is when people say, oh, it's the car that did it. Well, not really. In this case, he definitely was in the slower car. And I think it was his natural talent that shone through um, to go where it's there. Uh, it's going to be a good season, I think, as well. Um, mm -hmm. obviously we've got, uh, they go to Europe next, uh, for Italy. Um, 
in three weeks time in the middle of April. So that'd be good to get. And then it's sort of like where they go, Italy, um, Portugal, Spain, Monaco, uh, for a little European stint. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, Red Bull plays catch up and how the others go. Um, I will say not the most exciting of races aside from the last three laps, but uh, other, I mean, that's some of the Duriger for some of the circuits. On the other hand, uh, the MotoGP at the Qatar Grand Prix, where they're going to be racing again this weekend. Uh, sorry, in Doha next this weekend. Doha, yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, it was a great race. Uh, interesting, obviously, that we don't have uh, Mark Marquez. He's still two more races from coming back. So it'll be interesting mm -hmm. to see how he fits in and how it fits out. But it wasn't really the most exciting race to start, but it finished fantastically. And looking forward to another great season and seeing where it's going to go. I'm very, it's just. It's just the MotoGP gets more and more exciting every year. Can't wait. Yeah, we might be working with MotoGP in the future, actually, GT Channel. Oh, well, if great. anything I can do to help with that, Tari, you know where to find me. <laughs> I know your number, James. That's good. That's good. So that well, sort of brings everyone up to speed in regards to motorsports. Tara, over to you. My turn. Your turn. Um, I just have a couple of things. I thought that... Um, James would like this and appreciate this. So I thought I'd bring this one up since you're a big Yaris fanboy. I very much am. Yes. So this is a, a video that one of our um, uh, creator formula uh, partners um, uploaded on um, onto the web, Adam Brewster Motorsports. I'm not really sure about the, the details of what's going on um, with the relationship with the guy who created this video but i mean it looks like toyota gazoo racing australia um is shaking down their uh, their rally car um this is a gr a yaris uh, rally car um that we've been really waiting to see and um they're they're testing it out and it looks it looks pretty good to me um go to gt channel if you want to check out the the sound um sounds really good and it looks pretty good uh what do you guys think that's awesome awesome yeah i think this is a I, is this, this is a group a i think taris this is a step down for the wrc car if that if, if, mm. if i'm correct i could be absolutely wrong though but that's what i thought it was so this is the one that will compete be. in the australian rally championship but i think I it's see. the mark where they're looking to go out uh and sell this is this is the the you can purchase this and this is the, the state that it comes to you and as you buy it as the rally car to go oh, racing got it got it so it's nice. just, I think it's like two steps down from WRC because you've got the WRC and the WRC two car. And then this is the mm -hmm. one that you can buy. You could technically walk into a dealership and buy this car to go rally racing in. I see. Yeah. I, I, I figured it was in the WRC car because they're testing it in Australia. But uh, very, very exciting stuff. And then um, the other stuff that I just wanted to show was... Um, uh, if you guys go to uh, GT channel, um, the video page, we've got a whole bunch of videos and the podcasts that we've been um, um, sharing uh, with, with everyone out there. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, Tanner's episode up, um, Matt's episode up. We got a couple of like partner videos up like die and um, Peter Cheney's stuff up as well. Um, the, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but when you go to these video pages on GT Channel, uh, the uh, they're chapterized already, so you can actually skip and see the part that you 
really want to just get to if you don't want to watch the whole that's cool uh, like this tanner faust video is like you know it's like an hour and a half long like this podcast is going to be close to two hours long you don't want to watch the entire thing or if you just want to i mean people should taro obviously they should watch the whole thing they should they should everyone should and And they should tell uh, others to watch the whole thing as well but if for example they just want to watch it in sections they can do this right they can do that here too yes so you can go and you know how did Tanner Faust get started in uh, with with Volkswagen? You can just watch this section, and you can also share it too. You can just hit the share button. You can share it on social media and share it with your friends, um, and spread the love. So go to gdchannel.com um, and uh, check out our videos, guys. Awesome. And, uh, that is it for. Oh, and we have some articles too. So we got new articles. Um, this is actually, um, so we have, uh, obviously James is a bunch of James's articles as well, but we have our man, um, Andrew, um, he's been, he's been killing it with these, uh, best car stories you didn't see. So he's got these weekly, this is from John, John Sabal, mm-hmm. um, weekly articles on the stuff that, uh, you may have missed. So like this Yaris video, John's rendering that we found, uh, just stories on the internet that, uh, we thought are interested, interesting. Um, and then we also have like features, feature cars and feature stories, uh, like this Dom's red RX seven from fast and the furious, you know, let's check out the specs. Uh, we have a bunch of stories and features that, uh, are interesting. So go please check it out. Awesome. And you'll be able to read my Land Cruiser review on that shortly once it oh, gets that's right. uploaded. $92,000 yes. Land Cruiser. All right. It'll be up shortly. Okay. Well, anyways, um, uh, any uh, any upcoming guests of note uh, for no breaking, James? Uh, last week we had Chris and Jake on who do a piece for Jalopnik. Um, they uh, come from a LGBTQ background, and so they are looking at how that is represented in the automotive media space, which is interesting because it's not a topic that many people talk often about. Mm-hmm. So you can certainly catch their last episode. That was last week. This week is Hugo Eccles, who is an industrial designer by trade who converted and decided to go from making lots of money in industrial design to making no money and building custom motorcycles. Um, So that's what he does. He's based in San Francisco. His uh, partner in crime is based in London and they build custom motorcycles. His most recent one was for Zero. It was an electric motorcycle. Uh, He's got a new project working with Harley Davidson and their new electric motorcycle. And then a couple more projects in the works. So you can please feel free to go find that wherever you listen to podcasts and the latest No Breaking podcast. Hugo's an incredibly interesting guy, another Englishman. And so it was a good time for a good oh, fun so time. But listen, listen. Uh, you, you two English blokes just go on having a chat. Yes, Sam. Awesome. I would recommend. I think you'd enjoy it. <laughs> I will listen to it. Uh, Taro, uh, you want to let us know who we have coming up uh, in a couple of weeks? Yeah, in uh, two weeks uh, for our next Pod Speed episode, we have Mr. Dino Dale Carbonara from Speed Hunters. So yeah, straight from Japan. So straight from Japan, Italian in Japan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally Italian into JDM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is okay. Well, and uh, well, Sam, my, you know, you know, you know Dino, right? Yeah, I know Dino pretty well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's good. Fun scene. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun time. So don't miss it, guys. Yeah, and uh, and then. Me, my only thing is, yeah, uh, got a got a sold my second novels and um, contract to do another couple for, for this for these for the new publisher. So uh, look out for it. 
Sam. Oh, wait. So Eddie. you signed the second book and also more? Yeah. He signed oh. me to it. Yeah, he signed me. It was originally a three book deal, and I backed out and said, Can we make it a two book deal? Because I don't know if I have the juice for three and one. You know, <laughs> I lost it in. So, yeah, two book deal. So, this one and another one I have to write for them. So, Sam. And I got an advance now, so I'm moving up in the world. The first book I didn't get an advance. I'm worked off royalty. So, so that means that I got an advance. So, Tara, you and I are getting a gift from Mr. Batani, I think. Is the, what oh, the you get a book. Is. PlayStation 5 is coming our way. You should you should be happier with the book. Okay. Uh any well, news gonna get on his boat. Yeah, How about well, the boat? And his uh, the boat's been cold. We're gonna go, yeah. We'll, we'll go out soon. But as, maybe it was the evergreen one that was stuck in the Suez Canal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Suez Canal. In the Suez Canal. <laughs> um, any news from Gran Turismo, Sam? Are any updates in regards to the uh their FIA GT championships are starting on their online series, so they're gonna have a season this year. Uh, you know, everything starts at online, whether they have the uh, events as, you know, they, they will have the championships, but they did it through uh, Zoom, you know, last year, whether they actually have the events this year, we, we don't know yet, but I hope they do because those things are awesome because, uh, you know, it brings all the racers together and they're racing right next to each other and it's exciting stuff. So if uh, it, either way, I'll, I'll write, I'll update everyone on this podcast and I'll write uh Articles for the uh, you know the article section. So and and when are we going to have a Podspeed uh, Gran Turismo Championship and we all go head to head? When's that happening? Oh, we have to do uh, that online, don't we? Well, you know what? You, yeah, we you know what? We should wait till uh, like when uh, at some point Gran Turismo Seven will come out. So when the new uh, when the new Gran Turismo comes out, but so that, I, well, we can you, just, you have no, to just no, go but to you know what? Hey, 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 Taro, Taro. The, James is very, very like enthusiastic about getting this on. The dude is a ringer. The guy's been practicing. He, he just wants. <laughs> he just wants to embarrass us. Okay, that's all. I, I, you know what? I'm gonna do what that one Audi driver or whatever did. I'll pretend I'm driving, but I'm gonna bring one of those champion guys in. He's gonna be driving <laughs> in the other room. <laughs> so. All I just want is some friendly fun with my two oh, good friends. Yeah, that's all can, I want, Sam. Yeah, he's just gonna go eat that, Sammy. He's been practicing every day, yeah. every all, night. All I, could, all I could say was just look at the rear of my Sleeker Coupe, not a hatchback, as I go past you. Yeah, that's the hatchback. I'll just say that's a hatchback. Okay, but anyways, that's about it, guys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you in two weeks. Uh, Podspeed. See you later. Thanks Bye, for listening. Bye, guys.